this morning it'll be a little bit different because we will see some of the folks that might not be here on the screen this morning. So there'll be, um, there'll be a few people sharing. So there won't be a word as such, but the word will be flowing out of those people who are sharing. So they'll be the living letters to us this morning, which is beautiful, isn't it? Um, so this morning we're going to talk a little bit about missions. And of course, that word is a very, it's a very doing word in it, on mission. We're, we're doing something. But all of that doing came and comes from being. It comes from relationships, deep relationships, actually, that we have had with various people. Um, and, and you remember it's not long ago that Harry was here with Uma. And that was beautiful. I don't know if there's a picture of the lovely Harry. There we go. It's beautiful, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> so Harry and Uma, uh, let me just... Tobias and Nolly. Harry and Uma, um, they're from Nepal, come from Nepal. Tobias and Nolly, they're in Kenya. Uh, Christiana Nunzio are in Palermo. Robert and Cynthia, they're in Paraguay. We don't have all the pictures, I'm sorry. Uh, but we, we've got loads of pictures and loads of recordings and stuff, but we haven't got all the pictures this morning. Robert and Cynthia in Paraguay, Isaac and Sylvia in Ohio, and David and Kimmy Dummermuth in Ohio, Tedia and Mary in Norway. And then, so, so there's relationships that have been built, and most of those have been uh, 20 years, I would say. 20 years connected into them, praying, loving, um, and walking with them. Some have been actually longer than 20 years as well. So, so these are, it's mission, but it comes from the connection of heart. And those connections of hearts came many, many years ago. And, and hopefully most people, although there will be some people here that have not met some of the people uh, and places that we're going to talk about today. But um, they're all really beautiful people who we love deeply. Um, and of course, it's, it's hard to know how many people we influence. We're only a little house, uh, a, a small household, but actually the influence of this household across the world is, is nearly non-measurable which is beautiful. And, and you're part of that influence. It's a wonderful thing. Um, and of course, we also have cross-pollination that takes place, not only spiritually, but naturally. Uh, I mean, even this morning, we've got Ellie and Nathan, and of course, Ellie with a mum and dad. Isn't it nice? Huh? Beautiful to have you with us. Laura, Dana, and Gaetana. So Ellie uh, came originally from the church in Palermo. And Nathan, of course, his little eye, saw Ellie one day and the other way around. And that was it. Uh, and of course, the same is true of Isaac and Sylvia. We've also got uh, 
Matt and Anchor. Um, so, so there's been like a cross-pollination taking place over the years. Um, and that's spiritually as well as naturally. So, so that's beautiful. Um, I'd just put this, mission is a doing word, but this doing came from a place of deep relationship, knowing and being together from the Father's heart to our hearts. Um, and from the outset to the end, it's about relationship with Jesus, us growing together in him and knowing him and being fulfilled in him, full and filled of him. That's what it's all about. And of course, you can see the vision that we've written on the walls, which is written in our hearts. Uh, and Adam will say a little bit about that later. But of course, there's lots of people who have been involved over the years. There's some people that are sat here who have been very involved. For those, for everyone that's involved, I want to thank you. And we want to thank you. Um, and for all the involvement that you've had, all the partnership, all the prayers, all the love, all the giving, thank you so much. Some of you have not been asked to share this morning. I know you sat there and you'll think, why am I? There's just not time. Okay, there's just not time to invite everyone to come and share. Uh, but the ones that we felt to come and share have got just something that they wanted to share off the heart to you all. So that's, uh, that's why we're doing it. So why we're sharing this today, 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9, it says this, For a great and effective door has opened, but there are many adversaries. And as we've been saying, for many weeks and probably months... We're in a new era. This is a new era. It's altogether a new time. I think there is a, a door that's going to open and we're going to get the opportunity to not only run into things in the future, but it's going to, I don't know how long that door is going to be open for. A lot decides on what we choose, on what we want to do. A lot decides on us, not, not just on... You know, well, God's going to open the door. Well, he is opening a door, but there's a lot of adversaries. There's a lot of things going on in the world, as you can see. And we have a moment, there's a moment coming up where we can influence the world in a completely new, powerful, transformative way. So it's like, I just wanted to take you into some of what we live all the time. I can literally, even this morning, just as we're talking, so for me, as I listen to these, I am transported, literally transported to be with the people that we are talking about. I can sit here and you can pray a prayer about Nepal and I can be there and I can feel it. So, 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 so this is very living for me. And I, I, I somehow want you to experience not only the feelings, but the, the deep love that is in God's heart, which is in my heart, which flows into all our hearts. But I just want it to, if you want, explode on the inside of us. Because we must see what time we're living in right now. We've got to see it. Everyone's got to see it. And we've got to want to be in it and make a difference. So that's why we're doing it this, this morning. 
just want to bring you into that place and, and just flow into that. Okay? Does everyone get it? Um, okay. Well, we're going to have a time of worship. And these songs are particularly... We've had some moments with these songs, especially one or two of them. One, one of them came to me during the earthquake that Harry experienced, well, the, the whole of Nepal experienced those years ago. Uh, and it became a very special song. I think it's because of all the mountains in the background and just reminds me of Nepal. But anyway, just enjoy the worship. Forget about everything else. Enjoy the Father. Enjoy Jesus, huh? Okay, Anne. It's lovely to be with you this morning. Thank you for coming along. Now, you have a major part to play in nearly, well, in all assignments and missions that carry on. Mm. So, I've got a few questions for you. Um, what kind of things do you have to prepare and organise before a trip? Well, first of all, on these trips, it always starts with an invitation. So, for example, like Harry Carter in Nepal, he will send an email to you and he will ask um, to invite you over with a team and he gives certain specific dates. Yeah. So once we get that information, then we can start the ball rolling. If it all fits well with the timing of the dates and everything, then we can start the ball rolling. Yeah. That's a, it's a lot of work now, isn't it? It's a lot of work, yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. How much time and effort does it take to contact people to get tickets, visas, make the necessary travel arrangements? What kind of time and effort are you putting into that? That is such a big time and effort. But first of all, I always check the government websites to make sure it's safe that you can go into these countries. So that safety yeah. is always paramount. So we first check that. And then I look at all the flight timings. I look at all the uh, prices of flights to get the best, you know, prices and timing. So there's there's less minimum stopovers because of these big flights. We need good flights, you know, good timings. That's very important. Yeah. And then once we've got all that information, then um, we, we give that information to you and to Harry to make sure it fits with with you and with Harry. And then Harry starts to look at the hotels uh, because with him being in Nepal, it's always easier for him to do it as a local Nepalese guy than an English person, you know, with he gets good prices. Yeah. Uh, he does really well, does Harry. So he starts looking at the hotels and um, and he gets the best prices. He looks at the transport uh, and everything. Yeah. But then from me, at my angle, I look at the visas. I look at all the visas. Are visas required? What do we need to do? I'll check with the applications that need doing. I check then to give to send all the information to the UK embassies, follow it through, follow it through with Royal Mail, checking that they've received them, checking that we've got the visas back with the passports. It's very important. So okay. all of that, I have to be really sharp and on the ball and making sure it all works together. Yeah. Really. Well, of course, a lot of these things that Anne's talking about, we never really think about but i know how much work she does behind the scenes and it's uh, it's very impressive to be honest um but what kind of impressions and observations uh have you made in regards to the way that the these trips affect me when i'm on them 
I think what we've learned over the years is just we've got to get it all in a sense of order. I'm a great believer in a sense of order and the smoothness of the journey to make it easier for you so that when you everything's arranged or the flights are arranged or the transport's arranged for you to get to the UK airport when you arrive at your destination for you to get picked up and taken to the hotel or taken to the meeting because sometimes when you've arrived there you're straight off a plane and you're straight into a meeting so everything has to be arranged properly so that you're not hanging about at an airport you're picked up you're looked after you've got refreshments if necessary um all of that it has to be smooth and it has to be you have to arrive in a, a good you know frame of mind really and and uh, you know it has to be smooth yeah. and i just make sure uncover all that and make sure that you are well looked after and on the team that go with you it's yeah. very important i think sometimes people have asked me the question of um, why don't we extend these trips into longer times but of course if we do that then actually it costs much much more yes so um it is a little bit like you say when we go anywhere anyone that's with me it is straight off the plane and usually straight into something that's going on. That's correct. And that doesn't really matter where it is. Over the years, um, do you think that the way that we've done things has changed? What have you seen in terms of change? I think you've been um, travelling to these places uh, for over 28 years and I've been involved in all of that from the very beginning. You mainly travelled at the beginning with Jeff that was um, because Jeff was with you most of the time there. Yeah. And in that time, at the very beginning, you, you might not remember all this, but I do, you paid for all of the travel. You paid for your flights and all the accommodation. And for example, when you went to Nepal and the various times you've been there, you've paid for all the board and lodgings of all the leaders that came to to you know to the conferences so there has been the sacrifice of finance mm. and time has been very very you know paramount you know you have done a lot to yeah. do with that you might not remember but i think if you added it all up you've spent thousands and thousands over this years these years because you paid for it all yourself and we we kind of um in the initial the, the hotels you know were, were perhaps not so good we're talking 28 years ago now the better hotels so we choose better hotels now now the transport is better we choose better cars and we and because of like nepal and kenya the actual roads are better as well to 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 travel yeah. so there has been infrastructure has changed over the many years which makes yeah. it easier for them and easier for you and um, all you know so it has changed dramatically yeah i was actually recalling uh being sat with john kirkby uh some years ago many years ago now um probably very early in the morning and we were looking at my finances yeah um and i actually was fifteen thousand pounds in debt because of the incredible desire to be obedient to go to some of these places um, and we both cried about it actually and of course that was i'm not saying it's a good thing to go into debt uh, but for me i saw what was necessary and saw that we had to go and do it uh, and of course the church has been wonderful in many ways in in providing and in praying but but 
It was a sacrifice for you as well and the family, especially, it is now, but especially in the early days. Is there anything that you particularly remember about, you know, the, the way that you've had that sacrifice? There is actually, it's interesting you should say that because I remember when I was pregnant with Rachel, my second child, she was 26 years ago. And um, you asked um, Jeff if you'd like to go on a minister trip to Cleveland in uh, America. And so we, you, you brought no pressure, you know, with it at all. So me and Jeff prayed for it um, and we felt a peace about for Jeff to go. Now then I was due to have um, Rachel, you know, my, I was, she was ready to be born. And, uh, and so we, we prayed for it sensibly. Because at the end of the day, the decision was probably really mine to some degree, because I would be the one at home looking after a newborn and looking after a two-year-old. So we we prayed and we felt in in peacefully that for Jeff to go, and much to the astonishment of Jeff's family, and who thought we were nuts. But it's something that we felt, and we've always felt that if we look after God's house, he will look after our house. And, And let me just tell you, when Jeff was away, I was well looked after. I had meals coming in, I had people to come and do me washing. I had cleaned the house, it never looked so clean. People took Rebecca out in the pram and I was just sat there. And then when Jeff came back, he said, have you had a good time? (laughs) (laughs) And it, it, I was so well looked after and it really spoke to me about that thing, if you look after God's house, it looks after yours and the kids like to say that you know, I had a newborn but again she was she was great so that was a sacrifice yeah. and to other people that was you are nuts you know you've just got a, a, a two-week-old baby second baby and you've got a, a two a two-year-old you know toddler but it was something that we felt to do yeah. and we did it and I think about it now and it's not a cry because it was such um Mm. It was such a sacrifice, but God just turned up and he, yeah. he did it. Yeah. So, But that's your heart. <laughs> that's your heart. And that's your household. It it's is. such a blessing. And thank you again. Are there other people here at home are involved? And in what ways are they involved? Um, I think one of the things that um, is very important, and I'm a great believer in prayer, because in all of these trips, it is you've got to cover it all in prayer. So when you go on these trips, I cover every meeting that you go to, that you go through. So when you arrive, I, I make sure that the person, when you've got there, that they tell me you've arrived. So it's like we have this, some people have this standing joke, the package has arrived. So you've arrived. Um, so I know that. And then, um, okay, that's good because I've been praying for your flight to make sure there's no disruptions on your flight and that that goes, goes smoothly. So you've arrived and then you, you know, we, we, we kind of go pray, continue to pray for all the meetings I do. Yeah. And I get people involved as well. And it's really important that we just get people people involved. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good thing. It's, prayer is so important. And I am so thankful and I'm so pleased to all of you for the prayer support that you've been with me on this because without you, everybody, all the people praying, you know, I, I'm not on my own, I'm not a lone ranger. I am all, we're all together in this. We all play a part and it's really important that. Yeah. And, and when you think about these trips in kind of like the overall way, what, how do you think of them? You know the importance of them, but what's, what, really do you think in your heart as you think about the future 
and you think about the possibilities, what's your prayer for us as a church and, and what we could do in the future? I think I think this this particular meeting that this this recording is really good because it's it's showing all that is going on behind the scenes and knowing all that I think we have as a church an important part to play because our vision of the church if you look around CLC on the on the walls we've got everybody playing their part yeah. and it's really important as that so we're all in it together yeah. you might be the team that goes out there and you might bring the word and you might bring the ministry but we are the backup we are you know the backup at, at church we're praying we're believing there's going to be things happening there's been many trips when I know where say for example in Palermo with Christiana there's been great movements where people have been restored and, and new revelations are coming these are worthwhile trips they're not off on a whim we're not oh let's fancy going here it, like I say it starts with an invitation but they are worthwhile and it's all God's timing in it it's wonderful he knows when you go out there there's going to be some mighty works so we need to cover that because we might look like a small church CLC but we are massive in the kingdom we are massive when we go to these places there is such great revivals yeah. you know we've heard of great things happening and it's 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 so wonderful yeah. it's so wonderful okay well thank you so much Anne. um of course i want to thank you personally for all these years everything that you do without without you there doing that i would be a quarter of the person that i am so i want to thank you and i know that the church i'd love to thank you as well but thank you for sharing beautiful okay. thank you hi um it's wonderful Hello. to have you with us thank you for joining me and answering some of my <laughs> questions that i think are very helpful for for uh, the whole church to hear. Um, you've been with me on lots of trips to Africa, to Nepal, uh, Italy, to, to nearly all the places yeah. that I've been, I think. Um, tell us a little bit about what you've experienced. Um, oh, it's difficult to know where to start, really. Um, it's always impacted me hugely, the trips away. Um, when I first went away, didn't really know what I was getting involved um, with personally in terms of leaving Victoria and the family behind. Yeah. Um, that was probably one of my biggest struggles, to be honest, to start with, was yes. not understanding that when I was away, I was away because yeah. my thoughts were always back at home. Yeah. Um, so I think the very first trip I came away with you, that was probably my biggest struggle. And we probably had to pray together yeah. about it's some really of those good, things yeah. about me being actually present yes. with you rather than worrying about what was going on at home. Um, but of course, you know, the church was looking after Victoria and the kids at the time. So I didn't need to worry, but as a father and a, and a husband, it was natural yeah. to think yeah. about them. But as time went on and I got more experience in going with the trips with you, um, that became less and less and I was present. Yeah, because I, I think that's a really important in it that when we go, because there's such brief time, short times, we have to be focused and concentrated the whole time. And often that is, that is a, a challenge. I think it's a very big challenge. I think in terms of demands, back home you tend to have a demand on one thing at a time. Yeah. So you can have a demand on your finances, you can have a demand on your physicality, but it's unusual that you get a demand across kind of everything, yeah. spirituality, financially, physically, 
every different alley that you can possibly have. Yeah. When you're away on one of these trips, the demand is placed on it all um, in a really concise, I guess, rapid environment. It seems that everything is tested all in one go. Yeah, yeah. We were talking earlier and you mentioned one that I'd forgotten all about. Uh, do you want to tell a bit about that? Because that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I mean, there's lots we've been talking oh, about, but yeah. probably the one was in Nepal and we were going to um, an army ambassador's house and we were in a, a taxi, I think, with Harry. And it was very... Um, Travelling around was really difficult. So I think we were with the King's... Um, the King's ambassador was taking us to places, okay. which, again, is probably another story. Um, but anyway, we turned up to this particular house. We'd been given an address and we turned up and we kind of knocked on the door. It was a big iron door before you got to the house, anywhere near the house. Okay. Okay. Um, and we gave the name and there was a man with a gun yeah. pointing at us. And we said, oh, we've come to see, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, and he took our details and disappeared and came back and said, oh, you're at the wrong house. And when we'd actually looked at it, we'd been given the wrong address. Although it was the same named person, it was a completely different area of where we were. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those moments and you're like, Lord, you've got to have us in this because <laughs> we're here, this guy's got a gun and we're now at the wrong address. Yeah. And and because we were with the king's ambassador and stuff, you actually don't know who's who's listening, who's watching, who's doing what. Yeah. Um, so you really need to know that you're in these times away. You're there because God's called you to be there. Yeah. Otherwise, it's quite. And dangerous. it would be true to say that we've had numerous occasions of probably meeting, uh, like you say, army generals, politicians, president, prime ministers. We've we've actually encountered God in the midst of all of that. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest things I think I get from these trips is how God makes a way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I remember going again, I think we were seeing one of the former prime ministers in Nepal. Um, and we arrived at the door to be told, oh, no, you won't get a, you won't get a time with him. There's too big a queue. Um, and we said, well, we're here. We've we've got a word from word from God for 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 him, and we we need to see him. And eventually, it came back. The word came back that we would have to go in and wait with everybody else. And we walked into this massive area, yeah. sat down at this tent in this tent. Do you remember that yeah, gazebo yeah. with all the seats? It, yeah. All the seats yes. were full. Yes. And we were sat right at the front, which was a little a little bit embarrassing. But we were sat there thinking oh this is you know we, we've got other things to do we've got places to go but you know like god's given us this word we're going to deliver it yeah and really having that belief that god was going to open a door somewhere yes um and next thing we know we were at the table with the yeah. with the former right. prime minister yeah. and we, as we were walking up there the person that came to get us said you've got two minutes just two minutes that's all you've got yeah and we were there for probably 20 or 30 minutes with a cup of tea biscuits yeah just well, God, I think, just gave you some some real clear things for him. And he, he was captured by, I think, how you would know some of the things that you knew. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it opened the door to conversation. And I think, again, we encountered not only Jesus in the, in that meeting, but I think, I think there was a sense of angels, the host yeah. of God around. It was it was pretty tremendous, really. And these are the things that we've experienced, which have yeah. been beautiful. Um <clears throat> Have, uh, how difficult 
of some of the time times been in terms of implementing change um yeah yeah it's a really difficult question to answer unless you actually see the change that's happened yeah you have to remember that we're going into some of these countries where they have been deprived of many many things for many many years and we go over as what's deemed to be westerners and they've been hurt in the past by some people as well let's yes, not forget yeah, that yeah, yeah. by westerners in the past so yeah. but when we're going over there giving what god's given us on our hearts to deliver and to say and you get people like harry and uma and other people in the churches to buy us who catch it yeah um their challenge then is to teach that to others and enable others to catch that heart but you you're looking at people who've got years and years of generational thinking in the way they do things and yes, yeah. to come to understand some of the things we're talking about unless they catch it in a heart yeah it's really really difficult yeah um but then when you think of some of the things that you've spoken and prophesied over nepal about what was going to happen and then we've been back and seen it over the years gradually taking place yeah that then becomes an encouragement to those that are believers in those countries that actually things do happen and can happen. Yeah. Um, and when I think of our last visit over there, you know, we travelled on major roads. Yeah. Um, there was water infrastructure. Yes. There was electrical infrastructure. Right. Yeah. And these are all things that you spoke about 20 odd years ago that were coming if they could get the vision yeah. to see it. And I remember now that I'm talking to you, I, I remember a time that we were we were on a plane and we're flying to Kisumu. <laughs> and the year before, I'd, I'd prayed with Tobias that the whole place would be transformed. And we'd met those, we'd met some businessmen and all sorts of other people. And we were sat in the plane and I think we had a pretty bum. No, we didn't, not in that time. We, we, we had a pretty nice landing. But when we looked out of the window, we thought we were in the wrong place. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that, because that that was just just real quick, because it, it was like wow. Yeah, we're just going back to the trip before that one, <laughs> because that will relate. We landed at the airport, and it was the last plane to land at that airport because they'd shut it. Okay. If you remember, we landed, and it was really really bumpy, and I did, I thought we'd landed in a field because when I looked out, all there was was this hut with some people there, yeah. and nothing else there. Yeah. But anyway, we went to Kisumu, went from there to Homer Bay. Yeah. While we were in Homer Bay, we got word that they'd actually shut the airport. There were no flights going in there. And we had to get a, a, okay. a taxi from Homer Bay all the way back to Naira. Um, Kisumu, to, was to, what was it? To, what was the airport? Nairobi. To Nairobi, yes. it was Nairobi. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. thinking I was getting them in Nepal yeah. and Kenya's yeah. up. And we had to drive through all the tea plantations and everything else. You may not remember that journey. I'm sure it happened. No, it did. It did. Anyway, so that was my last experience going in there. Then we fly in this time, and it's absolutely a smooth landing and perfect. And there's a building. Yes. It yes. was just amazing. But it was all of what you had spoken about. It yeah. happened, and we could visibly it, see it. It was a year later. Yeah, exactly. It was amazing. It was brand new. We thought we were at the wrong airport. We thought we were in the wrong place. And we got in a car with Tobias. <laughs> who was so happy because the whole road was brand new. Yeah. All the way into Homer Bay. Smooth. It was amazing. My back was very appreciative. Yes, it was. <laughs> but look, Ian, I want to thank you so much for being with me on all those trips. I hope there's going to be more to come. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, thank you so much and thank you for sharing. I'm sure thank that you. was an eye-opener. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff, for being here. Now, we go back many, many years um, and we, we've had lots of laughs and, of course, the church know about a lot of the laughs that we've had, um, especially when we've been on trips and assignments, various places. But I want to take you right back to the beginning. Mm. What what was it God said to you? What was it? What was the 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 call, if you want, that you felt in your heart? Yeah, that's a that's a a beautiful question. Uh, I remember Anne and I remember when you first came over, Paul. Uh, you've been to a conference, and this one now thirty years. Well, it was thirty years ago. And I I was listening to you speak. And straight away, you were speaking about your heart and your vision for the Lord and how much you love the Lord. And I could see it, brother. I, I mean, even thinking about it makes me want to cry. Because straight away, it was like my heart, Anna and I's heart, just near to you. We just fell in love with you, mate. And we just, we've all loved you ever since. But I just thought, yeah, my heart, it was like Jonathan. You know, like Jonathan and David. Yeah. It was like my heart was knit to yours. Yeah. And I thought immediately, I'd never really known what I wanted to do, but immediately at that time, it was almost instantaneously, I knew I had to be a part of that vision. And it's been like that ever since. Yeah. It's been, you know, it's been a, a beautiful walk, it's been a tough walk, it's been hard. Yeah. But it's been rewarding beyond comprehension. So for me, it's, it's a privilege and, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so, so like, like, like I said, you've been on lots of mission trips with me, lots of assignments in various places. Um, what do you feel your role is? What What is your role? What is it that, that the Lord said to you in your heart about when we go to these places? Well, I, 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 in my heart, I knew instinctively that when I was with you, bro, I had to be, I had to have no hidden agendas, no preconceived ideas. My vision was with your vision. And people get this idea, oh, well, that's almost like enslavement. But it, it, there's nothing like that at all. It's, there's a total freedom in that because the heart and the vision are one and the same. So I never went with anything other than what, was in Paul's heart because I trusted God in you because I knew the man. Yeah. I knew the man before the Lord. And uh, it was quite easy for me. It was a walk in the park because yeah. I trusted you with my life, bro. Yeah. And uh, through the Lord. And so I, my, my heart was, that, what do I see? Uh, you know, my heart towards you is, I need to look after Paul. That was my first thought. Yeah make sure that is looked after physically, mentally, spiritually, make sure to do whatever God calls me to do, yeah. whatever that way will be, yeah. that was my job. That's the, on, the only job. I'm making sure that you are safe because yeah. people get the idea that these are holidays and they're not. There's no. nothing like that. No. You are fully on. As soon as the rubber hits the road, you've, your heart's got to be with that. You've got to be leave all any problems I realised that any problems that I had, had to be left alone. And Anne was magnificent in that because she would always make sure that everything was uh, as it should be before I went on a trip. Yeah. 
Yeah. So praise God for that, man. Beautiful. And uh, yeah, well, it will. But my heart's always been to serve. Yes. That's what I think an armor bearer is. We've not to have any agendas. I think anybody who's got an Indian agenda in that isn't that. That's not the common problem. Okay. So you you mentioned armor bearers. What is the what's the what's the biblical perspective of that then? Well, the biblical perspective. This is what it says. So just bear with me a minute. So it says. Uh, uh, an officer selected by kings or general because of his bravery not only to bear the armour but also to stand by them in times of danger and it talks about the armour bearer you remember the armour bearer with uh, Jonathan when he said let's go up and attack these Philistines I think an armour bearer has got a responsibility to be one in heart and mind with whoever they're with it doesn't matter whether it's you Paul or whether no matter who it is their sole objective is to make sure that that person yeah. is, sees the objective through what the Lord has got, yes. whatever the agenda is. You know that that's what I feel it is. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know. Okay. Well, I was I was thinking as well. Of course, there's lots of people who know about the laughs that we have. We have loads of laughs and we have lots of fun. But why why do you think that's that's important? Well, for me, what I thought, I just think God's got a great sense of humour, bro. I mean, none of the things that the stories that were told are all true, yeah. by the way. Yes. There's nothing made up here to impress people. Yeah. It's, it's just what happened. Yeah. And uh, I could give you numerous events. And I think that because of the seriousness of the situation, if you didn't laugh, bro, you'd be in tears. Yeah. You, ju you just break down and cry yeah. because it's so severe and hard. Okay, those 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 situations, though, Jeff. What what are those situations? What are the what are the kind of things that we have to deal with without saying names and all that kind of thing? But what what are we actually grappling with? Are they are these little little easy things to solve, or what what is the nature of the things that we deal with? Well, sometimes it's, uh, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll say it as it is, bro. It's almost, some people almost feel suicidal. Yeah. Some people feel abandoned. Some people feel lost, broken. I've seen so many times where God's intervened, where the, where the situation's been absolutely impossible. Yeah. And I've seen you speak, bro, with incredible wisdom and insight. And God's just news you. And I've seen him change it around. Yeah. In an instant, yeah. really, almost instantaneously, you've come right in and you've pinpointed it. I'm thinking, and, I, and, I, and I've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. I've been witness to that, bro. And again, we've got to say that even though I may be delivering that, mm. there is a team of people that's involved in that, which is all the people that we've been talking to and listening to this morning mm. who were behind all of that Absolutely. so we're all together in it yeah. it's just that we all have different parts to play in it mm. um, and of course we have seen some incredible things taking place mm. and we've also had some very dangerous moments that we've laughed about mm. but many of those dangerous moments we haven't actually told the church about oh, because no, 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 no. we've had children families that are growing up mm. There's many things that we've not wanted to speak about because mm. we don't want to worry people. Mm. But we've literally walked through wild dogs, <laughs> and well, it's true. We've it's true, we've yeah. we've we've seen volcanoes go off. We've yeah. seen yeah. seas that have been uh, forming in 
Four different places. Four different places at once. Incredible. Yeah. We've yeah. seen absolutely incredible stuff. We have done, yeah. Um, and, and I think, what, what are the things, just really quick, Jeff, what are the things that stand out for you? Is, is there any standout moments, things that you, that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I, one, one, one particular time, I'll never ever forget it. <laughs> if you remember, forward, you just delivered to the king uh, a message. Yes. You remember the message? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> we laugh about it, and you've talked about it, but the, the truth of it was, is that that was a very real situation because Harry said, if you remember, you said, I've got a message for the king. Yeah. Uh, he bought him a Bible, he put it in this beautiful ornate box, yeah. written in this word, a noun word, yeah. that if he didn't basically get his act together, catch up. And yeah. a year later, that's exactly what happened. But this guy, what we found out then, can you remember the king? Yeah. It killed his family killed about 20 people well i think it was 14 was it 14? 14, oh, 14 actually, my got yeah, yeah. okay 14 yeah and we didn't know that when you sent the message no. and we delivered i remember when we went to the we went to the palace and we said i mean i mean um, i'm an ambassador and the guy ran away and he came back again i mean you've told that story many yeah, times yeah. but that was a very real situation and i know we make it laugh while jeff panicked and that when I said I'd stay behind. The reason I said I'd stay behind yeah. is because as an armor bearer, I was meant to look after my brother. If that meant my life, then that meant my life. I say, yeah. I, I say it then and I say yes. it now. It's, it's, it's not changed in no, 30 years true. because the heart of God never changes. It never has and it never will. Yeah. Not for me anyway. Yeah. So, and that was just one of many. And another guy, can you remember that guy who was the interior minister? Uh, yeah. The, the guy, can you remember? The, was he a Maoist? A Maoist. Yeah. And he thought we were well, royalists. Been a Maoist, yeah. That's when the time when Anna had to get us out the day, next day because we knew that if we didn't, we'd end up in prison. And I said to you, didn't bro? I said, well, I'll stay behind. Yeah. I wasn't trying to be an hero. I meant it because the vision that you have, Paul, yeah. was to me, was life-changing. It changed life. It changes nations. I was there at the beginning. I was like, like with you, brother, I've had the privilege to be a pathfinder. You've got to remember that we went into many of these places before there were any yeah. armor bearers team. Yeah, and before there were any electricity, before there were any, any gas, past. before there were any roads, before there were anything, anything. any infrastructure. Any infrastructure That's when we went in. That's when we, yeah, yeah, it was, and it was a very dangerous time. So, oh, that's why I think God brings a sense of humor, because yes. if he didn't, if we didn't oh, have yeah. a sense of God that we were in God, We'd be frightened to death. And we've seen that happen to people as well, haven't we? Yeah. We've seen that happen to people. Yeah, I believe that Jeff's not only an armour bearer, uh, and of course my best friend, but actually he is the king's minstrel. And I don't mean it in a, uh, any, I don't, it's not a ridicule, it's a, it's a real thing. He's a king's minstrel. And sometimes the laughing and the joy is so necessary because we could actually cry uh, and spend a lot of time weeping. There has been times that Jeff has prayed for me for three or four hours during the night as I was trembling on the bed. That's true. After having some kind of demonic attack demonic on me. Attack, yeah. So Jeff's been with me as have the other guys. Uh, and, and this is real stuff. So anyway, Jeff, I want to thank you so much. It's a privilege. Obviously, for all the years that we have together. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And I'm sure that the church loves you a bit and thanks you as well so Bless thank you. you jeff thank you Bless you.
Oh, Matt, it's lovely, lovely to have you. Uh, thank you for coming and just share a little bit. Now, you've accompanied me and the team on many occasions. Yeah. Um, and you've seen and experienced what some of these places are like. How would you describe these places now as to what they were then? Yeah. Uh, and 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 the kind of change that you've seen because I know that it's impacted you greatly. Yeah. Um, I've seen you yeah. in the back of a car crying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I. I obviously came in uh, more recently than like Jeff and Ian, Nigel, uh, all all these people that have journeyed with Paul like thirty years ago. So I'd had in my mind, you know, I heard the stories about no roads like hours upon hours upon hours to drive through mountains through like you know all these conditions and like even as i went of course it was they were still long journeys but like experiencing those um let's say conditions that's normal life for, for our friends in these countries but experiencing that and seeing and imagining what it must have been like and what i got to go into now which was already hard because of what you've sewn in and, and the fact that you went back then in that and, and went many, many, many times yeah. just brought me to tears because it, it sort of dawned on me in the back of that, you know, I think it was Kenya. It dawned on me in the back, like you must really have known from God, like without a shadow of a doubt. Like, cause why would you go? Do you know what I mean? That was in my head. I was like, why on earth would you go? Yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you give thousands of pounds? Why would you give so many hours? Why would you leave your family? Why would you go through all this? But then to see, you know, driving down the streets and on the, you know, from the airport to even the place we were going to, you would say, you know, that didn't used to be there. That is new. That is like road, like tarmac road. That is a new like uh, infrastructure for power or, or you know, that, that kind of thing. And to then just see all, you know, before my eyes, the transformation that has happened in since the years that you've been there, just phenomenal, yeah. just phenomenal. And of course, there's then the transformation of the people in their own minds. So you get to the places and, and this was a barren field, let's say, but now they've, they've planted things but because the transformation has happened in their mind first that yeah. you have sown in and, and that's how we have transformed. You've sown into their spirit, into their minds and they've used what they've got because they've seen what they've got. You know, that word in Kenya that you gave about David just using what was in his heart and what is in his hand. Yeah. They repeated that back to you when I went. You know, they were like, we heard that word. This is what yeah. we've done with it. We took what was in our heart, what was in our hand. Yeah. We've seen that it's yeah. enough. And they've started planting. They started growing. People like getting crops, developments, land, compounds, fruit, producing stuff. Not without challenge. Not without extreme challenge from people robbing and stealing and destroying and the enemy coming in and like, but they have persevered through and, and used yeah. what you've sown in spiritually, what you've sown into their minds and their hearts, yeah. and it's producing in the physical. So yeah, sorry, I, now, yeah, just no, spectacular. No, thank you, thank you for, for sharing that. I, w I was just thinking back now, of course. So we haven't since about twenty twenty. We've not actually been in. Mm. Uh, I think one of the last trips was 2019 yeah. into um, Nepal. Yeah. And Harry, of course, and Uma have been here. Yeah. But, of course, during the pandemic, although we didn't get to go to these places, I was 
continually in contact yeah. with all of these people. Yeah. Um, and you being in those environments, can you imagine what that was like during the pandemic? Because again, whilst for us in the Western world, yeah. uh, some of us enjoyed some of that time, yeah. but for these people, can you imagine? I mean, just 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 give a, a sense of what you think it might have been like, and I'll tell you what it was like. Yeah, well, I mean, every time I came back from a trip, it was looking in my fridge again and thanking God for it. Every time I, I yeah, I'm gonna get emotional here, but you know, we really don't know what we have. And every time I filled the car up with petrol, I thank God for it. And every and that stayed with me, and that has not left me. I was I already thought I was pretty thankful, but. You know, you go in and you experience for let's say a few days what people this is their lives. They don't get to they don't get to come back from that trip. That is life. So then for that level to then get even harder by what COVID did. Even the challenges that they already had, which were monumental, required extreme faith, extreme miracles and, and years and years and years of transformative work. To then like, to make that even more of a challenge, these are some spectacular people, absolutely spectacular people in faith. You know, when, when I think about what they have to do, persevere through and believe for, yeah. I really think like, you know, what, and of course it's all relative. Like I know I've got faith, but man, I have got some things to learn and some ways to go and some things like, what can I, what can I, what small thing can I do and give? Yeah. And that's, you know, going and, and sewing into the trips, into you, serving you and being an arm bearer, giving my finance. Cause you know, it's not, it's not like it's a small amount of money to us, but it's like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. And, 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 and like you say, and I think everybody that shared would agree that although there's a great deal of poverty in some of these places, yeah. Um, they are rich in faith. Oh, oh yeah, my gosh. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and the transformation yeah. of their lives is incredible from when we first began to go in. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. And I cannot describe the change. Yeah. Now, of course, the church has been involved in that. Yeah. But as we go forward, mm. we, want, we would like the church to become much more involved in every possible aspect that we can. Yeah. Uh, of course, which, which is why we're doing this now. Yeah. And there is an effective door. Yeah. And this is the only way that I can say it. There's an effective door that is open to us in a critical time of history right now. Mm -hmm. It's an unbelievable historical time that we live in. And I, I just think, okay, we need the, there needs to be an upping in yeah. terms of our understanding yeah. Of, of what's going on in the world, but how we can actually help people yeah. encounter Jesus, know him and have transformation. When you think about the future, Matt, and the church, what do you what do you think? How can we be more involved? As a whole family, I think we move we move towards what we feel connected to and we put our we put our focus and our attention and our prayer and our finance, we, we what we feel connected to in heart that's where we saw and so i think whatever we can do and it'll look different for each of us but you know some years we've had pictures of our global family on on our fridges 
just to go keep praying, keep yes. giving financially. We, we can give at any time into these places and it is fertile soil because what they do with it, you know what I mean? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So, so financial sowing, praying, but staying connected in, in whatever way we can, you know, amazingly, thanks to technology, we can, we can see what Harry's doing on Facebook. We can see what Tobias is. So give a friend request, send them a message, let them know you're praying for them. Like for them in these places, like we, like Jeff was sharing and, and you've been sharing, it's like some of these are, they are life and death situations. It's no joke. It's, it's life and death. And they've been in those situations many times. Yeah. So to yeah. be able to keep covering them in prayer and, and on the mission trips, sowing into the mission trips themselves, covering them in prayer, just really makes them as, as fruitful as they can be yeah. and as effective as they can be because that then lasts for generations. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think there is any more fruitful thing that we could be sowing into in terms of changing a nation because what you put in, in Harry's hand, what you put in Tobias's hand, yeah. Robert, Cynthia, Christiana, you know, everyone that we're connected to, what you put in their hand, that goes like you would not believe because they don't have, they don't have Paul all the time. They don't have, uh, yeah, of course they've got the same God, yeah. the same miracles, the same possibilities, but what they do with what he brings is like generations and generations. And I've, I've just seen it. I've seen it. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, Matt, just to finish with, any moments that you recall that are just there that you, 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 you just think that was amazing? just to finish off with? I mean, I know there's numerous, but is yeah. there anything particular that you think of? I, yeah, I shared already about the tears in the car. I shared, yeah, we could tell stories about like, you know, the conditions and things that I saw, but just what an incredible people. Like they'll, they'll, they give what they have, give everything they have. They welcome you, they feed you, they share with you that, you know, yeah. so they're warm for the people. But, but I think ultimately, you know, I remember sending a report back, a video report back where um, we were in Nepal and we'd heard that Harry had sold, he, the man sells everything. He just gives everything away yeah. for the kingdom and for his churches, for his families, for, for the people he's looking after. And at this, this particular trip, I heard that he'd sold his car um, and he doesn't really like, I wouldn't, I don't think I would, at that time, I was like, I wouldn't have done that. I just wouldn't do it because I need my car or I X, Y, you know, Harry's someone who travels around and looks after NGOs and churches and pastors and people and like, but he was like, no, the kingdom, the people need it. A church needs a roof. We've been hit with this. We've been hit with that. They need the finance. And it's, it's all yours, God. And, and like that, just, I could barely even get through that, that video recording, just saying that. And then beautifully someone sewed and, and bought him a, sewed into buying another vehicle for him because he doesn't need it yeah but whatever he's like yeah and you're the same and just same you know those decisions that they've been sharing about it's like no whatever it takes god yeah whatever it takes and, may, and maybe that's the reach maybe that's yeah. where we're going whatever it takes right now in this moment yeah in this moment in history this moment in time yeah right now whatever it takes what is the part that we can all play yeah. in, in, in reaching out yeah. Um, yeah, and bringing Jesus? Yeah. So thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, thank you as well to all the families that are behind these girls and guys who make this possible. Thank you. Great stuff. Hello, Phil. Lovely to be with you this afternoon.
we were just reminiscing right now uh, about one of the times that we uh, travelled together to yep. Nepal. Yeah. You think you could uh, just share a little bit about that? Of course, I would love to. Um, it was a privilege to go and I'm really pleased that you've invited me to come with you because it really did change my life by what I saw happening. Um, and so um, I'll tell you about the time we went and had that interview with the president. Yeah, please. Okay. Um, my recollection was that it was a very early morning meeting, probably before seven. So we were up really early yes. and uh, we, there was a high security compound and the big steel door rolled back and there were the soldiers with the machine guns and we were invited into the compound and even though it was early there was already a queue of about 30 or 40 people um, and we were ushered to the end of the line and they told us that we'd probably get five minutes with the president um, and then very quickly we were invited to the front of the line um, and we were in the president's uh, lounge yes. talking to him um, and very quickly Paul began to share with him the things that God had laid on his heart for him. Uh, this guy, you could see he was a man of dignity, but also a man of responsibility. He was, he was quite tired and weary looking um, with this endless queue of people and problems to solve. But as Paul started to share with him the things that God had laid on his heart, this whole countenance changed and he lightened. Uh, he never made many comments, but you could see that what Paul was sharing with him was touching him deep within and you shared some personal um, knowledge about his family that you couldn't possibly have known unless God had told you but it seemed to make a difference to him that God knew all about him and cared enough to send someone to talk to him and encourage him and I think uh, we had 40 minutes with him in the end not five minutes and he listened intently he was obviously a man that recognized that he was in the presence of God and he was humble enough to recognize it and receive from you and listen. And um, I don't know what was going on, but it, it, it was obvious. And on the three or four more occasions during that trip that God was breaking into this man's life through, um, through the, the clarity of the words that Paul was bringing him. And uh, yeah, that, that was a privilege really. Now, just, I just want to break in because this sounds very much like another situation that Ian shared about that we, we've talked about even this morning. Um, but it's not the same situation. This is a different one. Um, but again, it was, it was uh, a wonderful time. And I think we'd been told really clearly that we only had five minutes. And I, I think I said, well, five minutes is enough, thank you. And yeah. then suddenly, it, what do you think was the impact or what, what do you think what kind of impact do you think comes from these times um well i think for him he obviously took his responsibilities seriously as president and you could see he was bound by duty um, but you could see it was too much it was weary for him yeah and so i think when he heard someone speaking with clarity with authority um saying this is the word of god for you um it obviously struck a chord deep down um and i think it just encouraged him i think i would imagine it was totally unexpected 
for him. But I think we all know when God meets with us, don't we? And how yeah. different life seems in that instant. It just seemed to him that he was encouraged to hear from the living God. Yes. Yeah. And, and of course, when we have these times, it's so very difficult to, and we were saying this earlier, it's so difficult. I find it incredibly difficult actually relaying what has gone on. And a lot of it I don't actually remember. So it's, it's really nice to have anyone with me who can remember any of these things. But uh, there was something about this particular meeting that was a little bit uh, heavenly. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember any of that, Phil? Do you remember? Um, I just... Um, I sensed that we were in God's presence, and for me, it felt like a biblical encounter. Yes. Um, and if you read encounters in the Bible, and, and what came to mind as I was reflecting was when um, Naaman was spoken to by the girl in his house that was a slave girl. Yes. And these two people would never have met, yeah. um, and, but she carried something for him. And when she shared it with him, it changed the course of his life and it opened up possibilities that, uh, you know, God wanted to bring about in, in this in this leader's life. Yeah. 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 I think I think we are golden connectors. I think I might have used that term a few times, yeah. but we are yeah. golden connectors into people's lives. And yeah. we have much more influence and perhaps impact than we yeah. would think. T tell us a bit about how how this impacts you and right. further afield. I will. Um, I, we, we only hear what's going on in the world through very narrow channels. Um, and somebody as reputable and uh, respected as the BBC are um, have an agenda, have a bias. Um, and you only hear almost a random arbitrary yes. um, version of the truth. Um, and of course, um, you know, there's new social media platforms that rise up to try and get to the truth. But again, they're biased. Yeah, yeah. What is God really doing on the face of the earth? Yes. And it's very difficult, very difficult for us to discern because we are so trapped in our small understanding of what's going on around us. But what I would say is when you went, when I went out to Paul, Nepal with Paul, I realized that he stepped up a gear uh, and another level of anointing came out. And as you watched him talking and praying with Harry, you realized that they were about a business that was affecting a nation. This was not um, a visit to a pastor of a small string of churches, even as significant as that was this. You realized that this was kingdom impacting and shaping the way the world perhaps is is going that's never going to be recognized or acknowledged in the media channels that we spend so much time looking at and i think all of us at clc in in our comfortable church when paul comes back we hear the stories but it's really difficult to understand the impact unless you actually see it unfold in front of you and then you realize wow there's something of god really going on here and also the things that we receive that are um, challenging words of wisdom within the comfort of CLC. Um, those words weren't earned lightly. They they come from being in these places where 
um, God, um, I think Paul and Harry pour out their life together and live in such a way that make God able to share the really important things that are on his heart that could change a nation. And I think if we um, are at home at CLC, then you've got to realise that that kind of ministry is what you're being invited to support and even participate with or partake of. And so for me, um, obviously, I started Bradford Christian School, um, but always um, God gave me opportunities to speak in other places. And I think going to Nepal, for me, helped me to understand that there was a greater significance on what I was called to do. And I think seeing it unfold for Paul in, and Harry in Nepal made me think, well, what, what am I called to that I can't even imagine? Uh, in, in, in my calling um, through BCS. And I think over the last maybe five or 10 years, the opportunities I've had to speak in places um, and to speak to individual people and to get into literally life-changing, uh, culture-changing, um, even possibly na nation-changing involvement. And I think that um, the challenge to be aware of what's going on at this time um, and the opportunities that face us as the world kind of disintegrate and changes almost beyond recognition around us. What's the new reality that God perhaps wants to establish and who's he going to use? That's beautiful. That's beautiful, Phil. And it's always been a privilege to be with you, to walk with you, to yeah. know you for us to be together with Jesus yeah. and I know that you are making a massive massive impact I know you are yeah great influence and um, we can all we can all be like that can't we uh, yeah I, I, I think if you are involved with CLC and you feel this is where your home is you you've got to look at your own sphere of influence and really work on applying carefully the words that you and Adam share with us because they are uh, they're not just sermons that fill your Sunday, they are actually um, to propel you into that greater sphere of influence and obedience. It's, it's not easy. Um, the, you know, Paul's words are not easy to listen to, but as you take them away and let God work on you, realise that he's building on what he's taught you already through Paul and Adam. Um, and, and I think it's it's, it's the particular way that you grow in CLC um, and, and the ministry that the church is called to through Paul's pioneering of, of that relationship with God. That's beautiful. Okay, well, thank you, Phil. Thank you so much for sharing. Hello, everyone. My name is Cristiana Perrone, and I'm here to share with you the extraordinary work that Paul has done in my life, in the life of my family, and in the church. I met Paul 23 years ago. I was already leading a church. God had already imprinted a vision of rebuilding in my heart. I loved God's word. I had a good relationship with God, but I could feel that something was missing in my life. I could have seen myself as a woman, particularly very satisfied, fulfilled, I'd already reached a goal that was way beyond the evangelical tradition of the place, but I still could feel like something was missing. So I began a research, a search, 
I would attend many conferences at the time with this intention to find someone, but I couldn't find anyone until the day this incredible encounter happened, established by God in Florence 23 years ago. Paul always spent of himself for us and he keeps doing that. He chose to love us of God's love and to give freely his life to us without really asking for anything back. He often placed himself as a shield in my life and my family's life against fortresses, that spiritual fortresses and cultural ones that were stealing life from us stealing light, fullness of peace and joy and freedom and identity that we have received freely in Jesus. Every time Paul comes to visit, there are new challenges to face because he walks with me and the whole church into wider spaces, in infinite spaces, that are the places that uh, are of grace and of God's unconditional love of the riches that he's placed in us and they're incredible places beautiful places that through this journey I have discovered and that I've deepened um, and experienced but the challenges are many in order to reach in something beautiful and new and precious you have to let go during this journey of growth I have discovered the concept of the journey within the journey. During the journey of our lives, we face many things. Many things happen. We face traumas, hurts. And at the same time, our heart also on the inside goes on a journey. It pauses uh, in certain places and it starts walking again. Some of the times it, it just stops abruptly and struggles to keep going to move on and the journey of the heart is determined is determining for our uh, destiny then i learned that it's really about the response of our heart to the to situations that happens that determine our destiny there's so much more i could be talking about that could list Paul has done incredible work. So just really quickly, I'll say a few more. I've learned to give value to my story. I've learned that every person's story is precious. There's nothing to throw away, nothing to be ashamed of because God redeems everything. I've learned to define my reality. I've learned to face myself to get out of my hiding places. I've learned to call things with their right name. And every time Paul asks a question or like, where are you coming from? Where do you find yourself and where are you heading? Those are really, really important questions because this is how he's taught me to orientate myself, which is fundamental for each one of us to understand where we're coming from, where we are, and where we're heading. This means that he put in my hands a compass, 
that would and, and that he also taught us how to read it and decipher it so even even if we've gone through very challenging fa- uh, phases and seasons the last four years have been really awful I haven't lost myself I haven't crumbled because I've been taught how to orientate myself I can orientate myself so Paul just publicly I want to thank you so much for giving your life to me my family and to all the people that God has entrusted me with I thank you for giving your life and your wisdom freely and I thank you because if I am the woman I am today I owe it to you to Jesus who has built me with his wisdom and grace and with his love through you okay so that was um, I've not uh, that was I've not heard that before that's the first time that I've heard that as well so um, yeah God is very good huh he's very good to us these were these were some of the questions that I was asked recently. What's it meant to you, Paul? What's it like for you? Give us a glimpse into your life. And of course, I don't I don't think that I've done this very much really over the years. So I want I wanted to give you a little glimpse of it because this is the truth. If you are part of this house and this household then wherever I'm going, you can go too. Do you understand that? Wherever I go, you can go. Whatever doors open up, you can go. And you can go way past that as well. Do you understand? Because he he lives in you. So he's the one that is in you. He's there. So he can do incredible, incredible, mighty, wonderful things. Um, But of course, there is... There's a way to be part of this. Um, and I just wanted, I want to tell you some of the things that I've been through very, very quickly. Sleepless nights. Weariness. Learning what it means to be ruled by the king and the kingdom. Spending time with Jesus when I desired it. And spending time with Jesus when I didn't desire it. And there's a difference. It's been an absolute non-stop labour of love. Continual listening. Continual learning. Learning all the time. We never, ever stop learning. And if we do stop learning, that's it. It's as far as you will go. You won't go beyond that point. Observing, watching how different cultures and people operate. Watching what God was doing. Which of course means that I have to be quiet as well. I know that sometimes I'm not quiet, but it means I have to be quiet a lot of the time to hear. Obedience. Learning to hear, learning to listen to instruction. Making decisions that can affect many people's lives around me. And even within a nation. 
putting myself and others in a place of absolute vulnerability, but also trust. Dealing with numerous traumatic situations. Through the years, I cannot, I cannot even begin to tell you how many situations that I have dealt with that if I had not learned, if Jesus had not taught me how to do what, what he taught me, I'd be dead. I just wouldn't be here. Because my mind would be fried and I'd be a mess on the floor. And because of what I deliver, on occasion putting my own life and the lives of, lives of others in danger. But only for his sake. Not stupidly. For his sake. Courage, boldness, faith beyond normal. Making trips and visits I never really wanted to make. And that's the truth. Sometimes I've walked out of the door and I've been crying as my family were waving goodbye to me. Sometimes those things have been called holidays. People have said, oh, you're going on holiday again. No, I'm not even sure I'm coming back. Some of them have been like that. Um, as you heard, you know, putting finance into missions and assignments that were beyond my ability. And you might say it's stupid and I might even agree. But if I hadn't done it, hundreds of people had not got the knowledge of Jesus that they now have. So is it stupid or is it not stupid? Hey, I don't know. I just know that lives have changed. And what I know also is that God is reaching down. I believe it today. I'm gonna, after Adam shared just a little bit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to reach down and tug into a place that you have never felt before. Because he is requiring some things in the next couple of years from us that we've never been to before. And he's going to tug on it. And you may have said no previously. But I'm telling you, some of you are going to, are going to have to release things that you've been holding for some time. So, uh, believing God when, when there was no alternative, because sometimes there is no alternative. You know, we, we, a lot of time we don't believe God because there's an alternative. We can believe someone else. We can believe the government, we can believe the NHS, we can believe the doctors, the scientists, anything. We think it's an alternative, but actually there is no alternative now. It's God. Deep concern for the church is many tears, much heartache, some terribly painful conversations and things to work through. Going through physical and mental pain that I cannot even begin to describe. Wondering if I'd get back home, wondering if I'd see my kids again. Much prayer, some loneliness, times of distress, times of stress, carrying burdens that nearly put me into depression, weeping in the aisles of Tesco when I came home and I'd just spent two weeks like experiencing the kingdom of God everywhere and then finding myself walking around Tesco, putting things into a basket going, what is this life about? What are we doing? And of course we need food. But you understand me, it was just like... Temptation beyond normal. And when I say that, I mean beyond normal. And testings that would also be on normal. That, but, but for his grace, I would have failed totally. Hours of sharing. By letter, face to face, privately, publicly. 
at times having to leave one place in order to get to safety in another place, having, having a sense of deep oneness with Jesus and with those around. And that is what is happening right now. I, I don't listen to this, you know, you might listen to it and go, oh, they're going on and on, you know, all about Paul. I, I don't know how you listen to it. When I listen to it, all I hear is the heartbeat of Jesus for his people. That's all I hear. And I just go, I want to reach deeper into that. I want to give the rest of my life into his hands totally and utterly. And for me, and it, this, this meeting might have actually been for me, but I don't care. Because if it was, I am saying, with all that I am, Lord, I am going to reach into this next season because I know we are at a critical moment. This is a critical moment and you are all needed. Every single one of you is needed for where we're going. I've also, of course, experienced a profound sense of acknowledgement, uh, accomplishment knowing that lives have been transformed. So that's a little bit about me. I could, I, could share, I could share experience after experience about what really goes on. And of course, on one level, we live on one level, but there is a whole other level to everything that we can all experience together. It's a whole other level. So I'm just going to pass over to Adam just for a, you know, however long it takes me. Just hold on in your seats. It's all right. Um, and he's going to talk about the reason we do what we do. Because we, we want to get into it more and more. Don't we? Everyone? Yeah. Good. Okay. Okay. So, do you want... Okay. Well, the reason we do what we do is because of these words here. In Ephesians and chapter 4. And he himself gave some to be prophets, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come at the unity of the faith and of the knowledge and of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceit, craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things in the him who is the head, Christ, and from whom the whole body joined and knit together, by what every joint supplies according to the effective working, by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That, of course, is our vision. It's always been the vision from the very beginning. Uh, it's not really our vision. It's, it's the Father's, Father's, Father's vision because it came down from Paul's Father's and it's come down and landed in my heart and hopefully it's landed in other people's hearts. But everything that we do, whether that's in this house, whether that's me sat having a coffee with somebody, whether it's even me and Faye and I just sharing together, or whether it's in Nepal or Paraguay or whatever, that is what we do. Which tells us also what we don't do. But this is what we do, that's why it's round the walls of the building. So first of all, part of the vision is gifts given, because there is a need to release gifts that God's given onto the face of the earth. There are some people who are 
grace gifts, as Paul says, there are apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. And uh, one of Paul's particular callings is to release those gifts onto the face of the earth. That's what he did with me. It's what he's done with other people around the world. And that doesn't mean there's a hierarchy or anybody's better than anybody else. It just means we all have gifts. And when we use our gifts, it's wonderful. And so that I suppose if we're going to bring it down to us, then I, I know what I'm gifted in. And so I do that. And I know what I'm not gifted in. So I don't do that. I used to spend a lot of time doing what I wasn't gifted in and getting very frustrated and annoying a lot of people. But I've learned that if I work out what I'm gifted in, then do that, it just flows wonderfully. So I suppose for you, you've got to go, okay, well, how, what am I gifted in now? How am I meant to use it for this vision? Because if you're in this house, this is your vision. Now, it may have landed deeply or it may have landed shallowly. Shallowly, that's not even a word, but you know what I mean? But it's your, it's your vision. And of course, then, so number two, equipping. And what, what are we meant to be equipping people for wherever we go in the world? Well, according to the, Paul's words here, the work of ministry. And ministry is about being the hands, feet, and voice of Jesus wherever you are. That's why we do what we do and say what we say, because we're equipping people to be the hands, feet, and voice of Jesus wherever you or they find themselves. And of course, that looks different. For Harry to be the voice of Jesus looks a bit different than it does for you. For uh, Harry's pastors and friends and the people in that church, that looks different. But really, the principles are exactly the same. So wherever we go, the principles are just the same. Okay, how can we equip you to be Jesus where you need to be Jesus? And number three is edifying. It means being encouraged, being built up. This is a vision that speaks good, that speaks blessing, that speaks can do, not can't do, that speaks possibility over problems, that speaks breakthrough over breakdown, that speaks prosperity over poverty. And in truth, that's what we see. That's what I've seen when I've traveled with Paul. I've seen can do, not can't do. And I've seen breakthrough, not breakdown. And I've seen prosperity over poverty. Number four is unity. It's about being together, about being one, about collaboration. It's not about being the same. You go to a church meeting in Nepal or in Kenya or in Palermo or wherever. It all looks different. But the heart, the heart that goes through it is exactly the same. Because we're about unity around this vision. Fullness, verse 13. We are aiming that wherever we go and whatever we do, we are bringing the fullness of Jesus into everything and everywhere. That's what we're trying to do, bringing the fullness of everything. So maturity, verse 15, it's God's desire that we mature, that we grow up in all things into him. And then everything we grow up. And of course, we've said it many times, maturing means to learn to love one another at greater depths. And, and you, you know, when we go, and I've, I've been to all these places and spoken in them all and listened to Paul speaking in them all, a lot of the time it's the exact same words that have been spoken here with some slightly different illustrations so it makes sense. It's exactly the same stuff. And it produces the same results which we'll get to in a minute. But it's about maturity. We're looking. Are, are people maturing? Are they growing up? And then, of course, this is the key bit. Every part, playing its part, doing its share. 
And as Paul says, we're at this junction where we've all got a part to play for this vision to be released everywhere God's placed us. And this vision's growing as well. You know, what I see is that it's only going to get bigger and grow in more places. Whether that be in, 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 in England or whether it be further apart, it ain't going to get smaller and its impact's not going to get less. Because as far as I can see, these days, these last few years, I've met more and more with other pastors and leaders in different places. And what you see is that what this vision carries is completely unique. It's completely unique. And it's beautiful because it's so easy because I can just go and be me and suddenly people go, what? How? Why? Okay, but all I did was just catch the vision of the house and learn to be me. And of course, growth. And we're not really interested in numbers in that sense. What we're interested in is influence. A vision outwork so the influence of the kingdom through us in every area we are called to grow. And why? Why do we need to grow in influence? Well, I refuse to keep what I have for myself. I refuse to keep what God's given me just for me. I have received the revelation of Jesus that has brought me the most incredible freedom, life, and liberty that I could never have imagined just for me in my personal life. And I want the world to know they can have it too. I mean, honestly, we are better at sharing a flipping massage person than we are what God's done in our lives sometimes. But Jesus and this vision and this house has completely transformed everything about my life. I even had a conversation with Faye last night over, over a meal that I know would not, and it was the most beautiful conversation, most beautiful about us and our marriage and where we're at and some things we were sharing together. It was stunning. That would not have had a chance of happening without this vision. Not a chance. Not a chance. But I want more and more people to know that. I want more and more people to sit. I want more and more couples to sit across a meal and be able to talk together without shouting at each other. I mean, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? I want more and more people to be able to talk to the kids and see what's going on and relate to those children in a way that's real and give them some actual proper advice that's from the kingdom that flows from Father's heart. I want to see communities like that. I want to see churches like that. I want to see nations like that. That's what I want to see. But that all comes. What I know is it all came from this house. All of it. So listen, this vision, this is what we're all about. This is what we call our primary call, to make disciples who have the stature of leaders in every field in which they are called, and it will impact multitudes in their generation and beyond. So first of all, we're about making disciples. That's why you come on a Sunday morning and you go, flipping heck, I'm here again. How am I going to want to listen again? Because we are about making disciples. And after you've become a disciple... And you've walked this journey on disciple. You never stop being a disciple, by the way. But you grow into having the stature of a leader. That doesn't necessarily mean that you lead anything. It means that you know what to do. You, you are, uh, what does it say in Chronicles? The sons of Issachar had understanding of the times and knew what to do. That's a leader. Somebody who understands the times and knows what to do. You discern the problem and you've got a solution. That's what it means to be a leader. I don't care whether you are a leader because you're this, that. No, listen. This is a house where we are going, no matter where we are in the world, to help people understand this is the problem, this is the solution, and this is the character that will enable you to bring that solution in a right way that can be received. And the third part is about 
impacting multitudes in your generation and beyond. And of course, you have to know as well this. So this thing, this is what we use to measure everything. So all the time we're going, well, is it working? I remember one time a few years ago, Paul sent me to Kenya. And he went, son, I want you to go to Kenya. I want you to sit down with Tobias. I want you to see the compound, see the churches, talk to him, come back and give me a report. I went, okay. And I remember sitting down with him. And what did I do? I went through this with Tobias. I said, Tobias, tell me, how are the disciples? Are they growing in stature as leaders? And are we impacting people? And he was able to give me these answers and tell me all about it. And I know, if I'd have come back and went, I don't see any of it, it would have been like, okay, well, we're not going to keep selling. But of course, I was able to come back with some good news. So we keep selling. But that, that is what this house is about. And if you're a part of this house, then that's also what you're about. But you come and pull on that a bit more. But I just want you to pray with me right now. So, Father, we want to thank you so much that you live in us by your Spirit. And that we are full of you. We are filled with you, Lord. And that we are going to be fulfilled completely and utterly and totally fulfilled in you, Jesus. And Father, as, as, as we've spoken about these things, Father, and perhaps some words will fall to the ground, Lord, but I just pray, Father, that you would reach by your Spirit so deep into our hearts and our spirit, Lord, and not just us who are here right now, Lord, but the whole house, Father, and all the related houses. Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit, it would be like a hand, would just begin to move deep inside our spirit, and in our heart, Father, and begin to release us, Lord, so it begins to pop on the inside of us, Father, that we cannot sit still because, Lord, we have seen, we behold the proud, Lord. We behold the proud, Lord. We see them all around us, Father, but we know that you love every single person, Father. You love everyone, Father, and you would that no one will perish, Father. But we are asking, Father, that you would reach down inside us and release us for this new time, Lord, this new era. Father, we, we have been sat a long time. You have put things in us, Lord. You've, you, you've, you've planted word in us, Father. You've spoken to us. We've experienced your presence. But, Lord, we are asking that somehow something deeper would begin to well in us, Father. It begin to well up like a stream, like a river, Father. It would begin to get a hold of us so much, Lord, that we begin to see that everything else that we are doing, Lord, is just a sideshow to the real thing that is going on in the earth today, Father. And that is that your kingdom is coming to the earth, Lord. That is the prayer that you prayed, Jesus, that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we are called for such a time of this, Lord. And this is not just some easy little phrase, Father, some nice film phrase, some nice biblical phrase. But Lord, this is real. We are called for such a time as this to make a difference, Lord. And Father, I want, Lord, that you would pull on us in such a way that we understand we are needed right now. We are needed, Father. Finances are needed, Father. 
Deep prayers, Father, from the inner man are needed, Father. Love is needed. Giving is needed. Father, that is needed now more than it's ever been needed, Father. And we cannot afford to sit any longer, Father, waiting for someone else to do something. Because we are your kids, Lord. And I release it, Lord, over the whole household, over all the related churches, Father. And we say that which has been sat on, that's which has been kept, Lord, for this moment. Father, we release it in the name of Jesus. We say it will not be kept any longer. It will be released in the name of Jesus. And Father, that there will be a release from our hearts like we've never seen before, Lord. And I want to thank you, Father. I want to thank you, Jesus that this is a critical, critical, important moment in our lives, Father, right now. Right now, Father. And I just ask that you would speak to us, Lord, as we sleep, as we stand, as we walk. Whatever needs to happen, Lord, that you would do it. In Jesus' name, Lord, I am asking, and I thank you so much, Father. Amen. Amen. So, I'm just finishing off just a few, few, few uh, statements. Why have we shared all this? Because we all need to know what's going on. We need to know that we're at a critical and desperate moment in history, as well as a most glorious moment. That's where we're standing right now. It's desperate, it's critical, but it's also a moment that could change everything. Some have continued to live their normal lives in a normal way, or at least tried but it's clear that everything is becoming more and more challenging. For those who love the Lord and find themselves in him, everything is going to change. We are on the cusp of entering into a place that can change the faith, face of the earth as we have known it right now. Either for righteousness or for wickedness. And don't tell me that we can't do it. We can do it. Do you remember these words, please? And I'm, I'm speaking to the camera, I'm speaking to everyone. But do you remember the words of Jesus? It says, that this is what it says. It says, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. Saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side. And level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. I want to tell you, Jesus looked at Jerusalem and basically, paraphrased, this is what he said. Because you did not know who was in your presence, because you did not see the time that it really is, because you did not know what makes for peace, this whole Jerusalem will be leveled. The other side of it is, had we known the time, had we understood what makes for peace, had we seen who was in our midst, everything could have been different. You understand me? It's the other side of the verse. Everything could have been different. And right now, we are at a moment in history where everything is going to be one way or another. And everyone's looking for a saviour to come along and go, hey, he's going to make peace. He's gonna be, that's what all the world's looking for. Hey, it's not going to happen. You, you 
are full of the Holy Ghost. You are full of God. You have got the provision. You are the one that's going to go and make a difference. Every single, and I'm not just, you understand me, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to everybody that's listening to this and more. This word is going to affect the environment. Do you understand me? That is the kind of words that we hold. It's the kind of words that we're talking about. Now we are on the moment of something really special. God is reaching deeper and he's going to do something deeper with us. Because we can change nations. And it is this serious. Do you understand me? Just don't say it's Paul having a moment. You know, he's getting enthusiastic. Honestly, I can feel my legs trembling on the inside. And you go, well, it's just us. It's just little old us. No, it's not. He can change the world with 12 people. When are we going to believe? And I don't, please understand me. I know we believe, but when are we actually going to believe it in such a way that it starts popping on the inside of us so we can no longer carry on in some of the things that we do? Okay. The bridegroom is calling for the bride. The king is calling for his queen. And the master is calling for a donkey. And I don't care how you see yourself. I just want you to go, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. We're ready. We're ready for this new moment. We're ready. Oh, yes, and if he can burn this fire in our hearts, he can burn it across the world, believe me. He can burn it across the world. He wants you, he needs you, and he desires you. He wants you, he needs you, he desires you. He loves you absolutely. And he's living on the inside of you. Isn't it beautiful? Thank you, Father. Okay. As we, uh, as we go, and, and, and really, oh, everything in this song is beautiful. This is a guy called Godfrey Bertel. It's a beautiful song. Just, just turn it up so everyone can hear the words.